Well, when we're talking about testimony night, I guess uh, Steffi, it was Steffi who said to Rob, why don't you ask her to give his testimony and how they came from East Germany, wasn't it? Yeah. So some of you have heard this. Some of you have experienced it. That man right there, much older brother, for you. And if you have any questions after this that don't make sense, ask him. He knows more. He was four years older. My testimony is a bit out of the ordinary. And I'm telling you that I'm more convinced than ever that the Lord uses people to accomplish his purpose. We observed that in our lives in several ministries. Suzanne and I, and our roles in those ministries over the, over the years. And the Lord uses individuals that are sold out to him. I've seen it over and over. And he uses people to accomplish his purpose. And that fact becomes more obvious to me as each year passes. And there have been quite a few. Okay. Most of you know that Paul and I were born in East Germany. What was the, that was the communist side of Germany. A brief history lesson. What was the situation at the end of World War II in Germany? Germany was divided into two parts. What were they? What did they mean? Overnight, a line was drawn through the country. One side was east, one side was west. The east was Russian control, the west was American control. We're not done with that, but I want to give you more of a frame of that picture. Allow me to provide you with a, a summary of my testimony in the very beginning. 2 Samuel 22:31 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all of them that trust him. I had to look up the word buckler, and it means a protector, a shield, uh, or one that shields and protects. He's a buckler. Psalm 1830 has the same phrase, but then it says, as for God, his way is perfect. I can tell you uh, that it's always a joy to look back for us because the Lord has worked in such marvelous ways. And giving a testimony is an opportunity to look back. And this kind of looking back, seeing how the Lord has led, gives a marvelous confidence about his leading in the future. We've experienced that. He has led in our family so unmistakably that the future holds no trepidation for us. A key favorite verse in our lives, Suzanne and I, Psalm 6930, I will praise the name of God with song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. A wonderful concept. We could spend a message on that. Life began for me in a very closely knit Christian family behind the Iron Curtain. What was the Iron Curtain? What does it mean? I'll get to it in a moment. Dad has his own business, employed two or three men. Do you remember how many? Three or four. Three or four. Was a respected businessman in the community, 
We lived in the house that grandfather built, active in the good church, evangelical Lutheran church, gospel was clearly, clearly preached there. Our family's roots were as deep as they could be, no doubt as deep as some of yours are here. Mom and dad and our oldest brother were all saved. Paul and I were not at this point. The part of Germany religion was sectioned off and added to the communist bloc at the end of World War II. It was known as East Germany, DDR. Now, of course, it's reunited into one Germany. And when the wall came down in 1989, when did the wall go up? 1962. It was Russian ruled and called a captive nation. What's a captive nation? What does that mean? In essence, in essence, the government held its citizens by force. Their advertisement was, we're protecting you from the outside. <laughs> the reality, that was a joke. I mean, literally a joke. The reality was they had gun towers along the borders, sophisticated electronic surveillance. It was said that at some vulnerable points along the border, there was enough shrapnel aimed inside in Germany, into Germany, to turn a body into jelly or trigger. Dogs, police patrolling borders, a bureaucratic maze of regulations. And as the West saw in the media, massive, massive cement walls, all in an effort to keep citizens from escaping the West. It was out of this desperate scene that God in his providence, in his plan and perfect way, his way is perfect, provided contacts in the West, safety and security for escape for our family. I was the youngest, seven years old, 1953. At a time when hundreds of families literally attempted to escape, families being divided, never to see each other again, our family of five was miraculously reunited in the West. How did that happen? God provided. A follow Mom had a sister. Lori said, you better take your handkerchief. I said, I won't need it. <laughs> Mom had a sister who lived in New Jersey. She kept writing. You have to get out. You can come and live with me. I have room. I can sponsor you. Things will only get worse as you stay there. And things did get worse. The wall went up. And she said, I can employ you. And all those things were true. So my parents had a very difficult decision to make. I can remember, well remember, the seven-year, eight-year-old boy, mom and dad, dad praying for months before the trip. Too young for me to fully understand. Paul probably understood it much better back then. The heart-wrenching that was going on. Just praying about it as a family was very dangerous. Why? Kids talk. Secrecy was crucial. On the day we escaped, I remember mom uh, coming to me to get me out of school. It was a normal day. 
I didn't know why. My teacher didn't know why. I thought maybe, you know, maybe Tempest talk. I don't know. My brother also was taken out of school. Oldest brother was at work. The shop that my my father had in the in our house ran as usual. So our family left in two groups, moving at different ends of the day. Follow this. One group left in the morning, mom, oldest brother, and myself. Dad and Paul left in the afternoon, traveling in a different train route, all in an effort to avoid the look of permanent hatred. To give the appearance of a casual Easter visit to West Germany, actually to Berlin. We took gifts and flowers, couldn't take anything of value, couldn't withdraw money from the bank, take belongings, had to give stuff away. That was dangerous because no one could tell that we were going to leave the country. Very dangerous for you uh, to tell people that. Not only could you get in trouble, big trouble, but they could get in trouble for not reporting you. So, Two people knew that we were leaving, mom and dad's closest Christian friends. We took no more than what you would take for a weekend, Easter weekend, a couple of small suitcases, some gifts, it was Easter time, flowers. Mom had money sewn into her underwear. If more than normal money was found on a person, that would be suspect. Yet you need money, as <laughs> we told Withdrawing a significant amount of money from the bank would be reported. Folks, does that sound a little familiar to you? Because today in this country, when you when you withdraw large amounts of money, you are reported. We had to just walk out and never come out, never come back. Leave everything for the communist government to confiscate. Our dad, picture this. Uh, was in his mid-50s when that decision was made. When I was in my mid-50s, I thought, that was 20 years ago, more. Uh, when I was in my mid-50s, I said, my, what did Dad do? Just walking away. With two uh, preteens and one teenage son. Leave home, family, business, friends, church, relatives, comfort, stability, virtually everything for a land of uncertainty to start all over financially, new language, unsure job prospects, questionable housing with a wife and three children, two teens, three teens. What would the motivation be for a man to do such a drastic move? Listen. It was for the prospect of gaining freedom for his family. Just the prospect, no guarantees. East Germany, individual freedoms were being choked. Private business had to donate much, as much as one quarter of its product to government with no remuneration. Farmers first, then came private industry. I think that's when Dad said it's time for us to leave. It's an unworkable situation because he was self-employed and made 
communist regime obviously was on the verge of collapse. There were thousands of business people and professionals leaving the country at that time. And what was it called? It was called the brain drain. Professional people were saying, we've had enough. My oldest brother, Johnny, made a trial run into West Berlin to check out what it would be like. This time, uh, when you could still visit the West without being very suspect, the game that was going on, some folks were crossing the border to visit and coming back. Others were going with them under the pretense of visiting and never coming back. That was the dilemma that the East Germany, East German police and army trying to figure out who's visiting, who's escaping. And the strategy was to look like you were coming back, but leave. And if you were caught as being one of the leaving ones, you might never see daylight again. The problem was that everyone was a suspect and everyone was treated that way. Thousands were attempting that after more than a day of travel, the day that we left, and several delays for questioning an inspection by authorities, having left at two different times of the day, on two different trains, we stepped out of the same train the next day in West Germany, a couple of cars apart. <laughs> Truly miraculous God ordained. And as we discovered later, the train my father and brother were on to stop and search Delayed several hours, just long enough for us to get in the same train and come out of the same place. Did not know it then, but surely know it today. God, God's providential hand kept us together as a family. Many could not. One part made it in uh, into West Germany, and the other part never was heard again. Many families were divided. As a young boy, I remember those unforgettable, unforgettable scenes in the train station. A mother and daughter having slipped into freedom, desperately looking for a husband or father, son or daughter, in each approaching train. I remember. And many detained for further questions and ultimate fear and perhaps a labor camp. I will never forget the terror on their faces and the joy on the faces of the reunited. We were one of them. Freedom, think of this. Risking the unity of your family for the possibility of liberty. Just for the chance, no guarantee. Liberty is very precious. It breeds prosperity. Believe it. The United States is the most prosperous nation on earth. Why? It's the most free still. Liberty breeds posterity. How? To speak opinions, to go, to move, to improve, to get education, to think, to worship, to invest, to seize the opportunities, to do or not to do, to testify, to witness, to invent, to build, to lead, or to stay. Prosperity. Liberty in American society has been one of the key ingredients of prosperity. 
Bible talk about living. Once as a Westerner who granted a visa to come to the United States, West Germany in 1954, I often think, Paul and I have talked about this. What would our lives have been like if the Lord had not led our parents to leave East Germany? Radically different, 180%. They did what they did for our future, not for themselves. Life would have been very, very different spiritually, economically, socially, educationally, in all respects. East Germany was the most successful communist bloc, uh, a country, yet the Western, that compared to Western standards, it was a complete failure. East Germany, there was a joke traveling around East Germany, an East German told me this. It goes like this. Man orders a new car, pays for it that day, the salesman said, smiling, delivery will be in 10 years from today. <laughs> That's how it was. And it was a, probably a Trabant, which is that little gray car which four guys could pick up. So delivery was 10 years. Customer says, great, thank you. It's only 10 years. Oh, by the way, what time of the day will that be? Morning or afternoon? So it says, why do you ask that? Because the phone I ordered will be there in 10 years as well. <laughs> in 1978, every one of my relatives and friends, when we went back to visit in 1978, every one of my relatives and friends lived in the same place that we left 25 years earlier. Why? Because the family was allotted a certain living space. Changing that space or location meant applying to the government. Permission might be granted in five years, if you're lucky. That would have been life for us in East Germany. For the average East German, it was a far-removed dream to think about going to West Germany. Even more unrealistic were the chances of going to the United States. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurial opportunity was non-existent. What does that mean? When we visited in 1978, there were lines at the butcher shop. That looked out, on the second floor, looked out, there were lines at the butcher shop. The government decided there will be one butcher shop in this town. That's it. No matter what the demand, one butcher shop. There were lines at the drugstore. In the United States, you say, let's get together in some, with some pharmacists and open another drugstore. No, government says there's one. One planet church? No, that's regulated also. There's a heavy demand for cars, 10 year delivery time. Let's, let's start a car company. So with much help from the Lord, the Lord allowed us to build a business from two employees to about 80. 
did not need did not need government approval for that here. It was just started. Does that matter? Saw the need. Yeah, personally. Which didn't exist anywhere except for this. There is no authority here to limit those kind of startup ventures. There's a free environment. And the Lord had control over all of that. It allows to come here. When we arrived in the United States, we settled in New Jersey. Went to church where there was an English preaching morning service and a German preaching at night. Both Paul and I accepted the Lord as Savior as young teens. Remember that? At a Billy Graham evangelistic meeting in 1957 at Madison Square Garden, New York. It turned out to be a very historic meeting for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. It was a benchmark. I remember the evening coming home quite well. Can recall the burden which was lifted from my young shoulders. I was an early teenager. There was a new peace and a joy never known before when we made that decision. Almost from the very beginning of accepting the Lord as Savior, I sensed the need to actively serve him in some capacity as a thankful. And as you know, music has become that vehicle. I took an induction, a conducting instruction at the high school we attended in Irvington, New Jersey. It was a big high school. And they actually had a conducting class. And it was love at first sight. The Lord, again, through his great providence and plan, allowed me to find a wife who also had a love for serving the Lord through music. And when I went to college in Holton, Maine, <laughs> 7,000 miles from here. <laughs> it looks hard. <laughs> the first thing I looked for when I got to college, Old Main, was a good church. Found this church a couple of blocks from the campus because the youth pastor at our church said, check out Military Baptist Church. That's why I went. <clears throat> Walked in in the middle of the day. Doors were open, nothing was locked. Nobody there, I thought, quite a small church. I heard someone playing the organ in the auditorium. I listened, and I decided I would go and strike up a conversation because from the back, this young chick looked pretty nice. That was Suzanne. That's how it started. I felt a great urge to desire to, to join the choir immediately. She was the organist. It was a good way to get to know her. We look back on the past and how the Lord has worked in our lives. We reflect on his plan for our lives with confidence. And with a little, little less clarity, we can see how he's working today. 
and the future out ahead is even a little bit more murky, even with, with the experience here at Philip Chapman. What's, what's the Lord's will? What's the Lord trying to teach us? Isaiah 46 has a very interesting verse in it. Very interesting. The end of the verse says this, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. My counsel shall stand, and I, God, will do all my pleasure. This gives us confidence, and I think we've experienced that we've tried to be in the center of God's pleasure. And it's been a great joy because His way is perfect. Some 1630s. I will praise the name of, of God with a song and magnify Him with thanksgiving. How can we magnify an all powerful, great God, little itty bitty, insignificant us? thanksgiving, and it's in the context of song. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. The phrase is in other places as well. So that's the story in a nutshell. If you're wondering what's unclear, talk to that man. Should I pray? We thank you for the way that you work in lives. Lord, thank you for the way you work in Rob's life. Obviously, he's uh, leading and directing and working details. And we thank you for the way that you've worked in our lives, in our family's life, getting us out of a very, very difficult situation lifelong impact <clears throat> and into a place where we can enjoy freedom, prosperity, and a blessing beyond any description. Lord, we pray that we would keep it so in this land. Use us to be good testimonies where we place God. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Thank you.